five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea, a podcast called The Jenny Position. The idea was to combine a remarkable host with relatable pop culture topics and see if they could become something more. See if they could work together to make the show that the world needs. This is The Jenny Position with your host, Jennifer Smith. Hi, welcome to The Jenny Position. My name is Jennifer Smith. Uh, This is episode number six on the feed. Um, And this one is a little bit different. I did not plan to do a show like this. It just sort of happened and I thought it might make a good podcast. So here we go. Um, The backstory of this, I was approached by Place to Be Nation member Ben Morse, who is a visiting lecturer at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, who teaches a podcasting class. And so for his assignment, he was going to have his students interview podcasters and write an essay about it. Um, He asked if I would want to be involved and interviewed, and I said, of course, because I think that's interesting. And I would like to know what sort of questions uh, a podcast student would have for me. So I met my interviewer. His name is Andy, a very sweet guy. And so we had a little conversation And this is just what we talked about. Some of you know some of this stuff about me, and some of you don't know this stuff about me. So um, it feels a tad self-indulgent to post it on my own podcast feed, an interview about myself. But what are you going to do, right? It's content. I was doing it anyway. Might as well record it. So here we go. Um, This is, it's not long, and it's just my rambling thoughts really so I hope you enjoy it I've included Andy's social media information on the show notes so give him a follow and uh, he he has some good ideas um, for shows himself so keep an eye on him and you know he might be a big podcasting star one day enjoy so how has Ben as a teacher Ben's really fun as a teacher. I feel like he's very non-traditional because he's an expert coming in, not a academic. Like he didn't have an academic background; he had a professional background coming in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it's fun, you know. Highs and lows, as always with school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't complain too much though. All right. All right. So did you want to just jump up into this interview, or is there anything specific that you want to talk about before we jump into? No, it's whatever you want to talk about. I'm good with whatever. Uh No, I don't have any limits, so whatever. Well, quickly before we jump into the interview. So I was listening to uh, one of your episodes today. It was the Beverly Hills 9021 episode with Scott. Yeah. I found it really funny. I mean, I didn't grow up watching it because I wasn't allowed to watch it. Because <laughs> I was way... Too, well, first of all, I was like... I was way too young. Like, I think the show ended before I, I was even born. Oh, my God. How old are you? I'm 21. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. But I grew up watching Saved by the Bell. Okay. Because <laughs> that was more, quote-unquote, 
kid friendly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what's with all the hate for Tiffany Thiessen? Like, no. just hating on her. No, I was hating. Well, not on her, really, well, but Scott kind of was. <laughs> well, he hates on lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's an old man, you see, and he hates things. That happens. All right. So, starting with the interview, um, how about we just, like, do, like, a brief introduction about you, your background, like, and basically, like, what, uh, like, a brief description of your shows. Okay. Um, well, I don't know how far back you want to (laughs) go. Just to the podcasting start, I guess. uh, Well, when did you start podcasting? That was in September of 2016. Um, I, well, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of a layered story because um, I was a stay-at-home mom with a young son, and uh, he wasn't in school yet, and I wasn't work. I didn't work. Uh, he had some health problems, so I just stayed at home with him, and. And it was very isolating, right? Like, because you, that was just at pretty much the beginning of like Facebook. So when that started, um, it was very helpful to like talk to people throughout the day and like see what everybody else was doing and a way to connect with people. And so that kind of led into a friend group that um, would like, we would watch shows together. Like The Walking Dead was like... (laughs) a big thing for us. So we would watch stuff together, talk about stuff. And it just kind of grew and grew. We would meet in, in real life and we became real friends. And so the whole, the whole podcasting thing sort of starts from my need to like meet people and reach out to people and talk to people instead of being trapped in my child all day. Yeah. And interaction. Yes. So, and then I just happened to find like, some really cool people like around, uh, in my area. And that was when I lived in Dothan, Alabama, which is not, um, cause I'm, I'm sort of nerdy and geeky and weird. Um, and you, in that area, you're more like, um, sports or country or, you know, being nerdy and weird is just something that has just recently, um, been more accepted, in the South, I think in general. Um, so you got to find people like that and, and you kind of felt like you met your people. And my, one of those people that I met was Miranda and she was fully into the geek scene. Um, she was like at the comic book shop all the time and she, um, she did cosplay. Um, she was, just really cool, and we clicked immediately. Uh, we met at a Comic Con for the first time, one of the local ones uh, that we had, and um, we just hit it off. And we both had mutual friends who had started um, podcasting already, and we talked about it, and we talked about it. And we we're like, we really want to do this, but you know, we both had children, and we were like, I don't know if I have time to do this. So we finally. And we're like, well, what do we talk about, right? Like, what? But it kind of worked itself out because we have a lot of the same interests. Um, there wasn't a lot of female geek voices at the time. 
Like I felt like we had pretty unique voices because we were mothers and wives and women, you know, women and um, nerds, right? So I just thought we had something special um, that seemed to translate into podcasting. So we started uh, Geek and Sassy, and we've been doing that for three years. That's my oldest podcast, my first love in podcasting. And, you know, I just, I feel very lucky to have met her and that she sort of forced me to do it. She was very um, convincing. How long was the um, whole process that kind of like that built up to creating? Well, we um, had. Was it like a year long before you guys officially started or? I feel like it was probably close to a year that we, you know, sort of. We would talk about it, and then we would get busy and not talk about it. And then um, we had friends that were already part of uh, Place to Be Nation, and they were doing comic book-related podcasts. And um, I guested on a couple of those shows um, just in the very beginning and found a really cool group of people there as well. Um, a really cool group of guys who knew tons about comic books and I was just getting into comic books. So they were just amazingly helpful. And when we finally decided like we want to do a show, um, we had them talk to the people that, um, started place to be nation and they were, totally fine with us coming on board honestly I think it was not really on their radar very much it was just like yeah these girls want to do this show like that's fine they'll be on the pop feed because they have a wrestling feed and a pop feed so um we were just kind of in our little comics corner there for a while um doing our little thing and and being nerdy but I think that we were some of the first females, female voices on Place Be Nation, we weren't the first, but we were the one, the first ones to have any kind of like consistency or um, like really, yeah. really good content, honestly. Yeah. And so like, um, I know you talked about your, how previously you were a stay at home mom. Like, did you have any jobs prior to become, like choosing to become a stay at home mom that kind of help guide you in this direction or was it like completely like a 360 like a hunt like you know like a full change in direction it was a full change like um before I had my son I I went to Auburn University for two years and then flunked out so I'm a proud college dropout uh <laughs> Auburn University in in Auburn in Washington Auburn, okay. Alabama, yes. Um, so, and I wanted to, like, study genetics. I wanted to be a scientist, but that did not work out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then I just pretty much did, like, uh, office jobs, um, medical billing in particular. Um, I worked at, like, a hospice and uh, doing billing for them. So just basic, like, boring insurance and and stuff like that. I worked at a front desk 
um, at a couple of different doctor's offices, which I actually did like that because there was um, a lot of interaction with with the public and there. But definitely not um, podcasting. <laughs> but the what? difference is I did get paid for those jobs. <laughs> and I don't get paid now. And at least, like, you did have that social aspect that so you kind of learned how to communicate people and how to, like, relate to people in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I've always been um, just pretty, like, outgoing um, and quick-witted. So that helps um, in both jobs, really. Yeah. And so going into like currently what you're doing with podcasting, um, like what's a standard like quote unquote work day for you when you're doing a podcast and organizing and planning and recording? This is so interesting because um, initially all I did was just record. So we would record our show. We would send it to um, the manager of the pop feed and he would put the show together. Um, that would include like editing our recording and putting music in and the commercials and stuff like that. Um, but as, as I got more and more into it, I, I wanted to learn how to edit. So I basically taught myself how to edit podcast. So I, in the beginning, it was just our show on Geek and Sassy that I would do. And then once I started adding shows, um, I wanted to do a, uh, live watch horror pod cause I love horror films. And so live watching is, is I think a very interesting form of podcasting. So definitely wanted to try that. So then I started, started editing my own, you know, freak out drive in. And then when we started talking pop, I just started editing that too. So it started to kind of build up as far as the workload. Um, but then, so like if, if I'm going to record something, like if I'm going to record, um, freak out drive in, it doesn't, it doesn't require much prep because it's a live watch. Basically I just have to make sure I had the movie (laughs) queued up and, uh, I guess lined up, which scheduling is a huge aspect of that too. But, um, and then with that one, it's really easy. We don't do a commercial break. Um, so it's very easy to sort of package up and, and get published. But something like Geek and Sassy takes a little bit longer um, because there's mostly a lot of prep work involved in that. Usually something I have to watch, I have to read, I have to listen to. Um, we do comic books and TV shows and movies and pretty much anything pop culture and then a lot of times we have guests on that show um so finding somebody to talk about what we want to talk about which is not usually that difficult so the un- so with the horror one that was it's very much so like unedited unfiltered style kind of thing so very yeah rough. yeah the only thing that i do that's sort of special for that one is um i record solo just a little introduction uh in the beginning to like introduce introduce the guest of the show um plug anything else that i want to plug and um talk just briefly about the movie um so it's mainly like maybe three to five minutes of me just explaining and then once um the show starts it just starts there's no like countdown it's just very free form and i like that Uh, i like how it's very random and then 
I, I, that's one of my, I mean, I love all of my shows, but that show is special. Um, horror one? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so funny what people consider horror and and what people will, you know. What do you, what do you consider horror? I mean, I'm looking at um, right now, like, the recent episode that you just did with Scott here, like the What a Scream, the History of Horror in America. Yeah. I'm probably going to end up listening to it on the way as I head out here. And I'm excited to watch it. So, like, what do you define as horror? Well, that, for me, there's there's so many <laughs> different, yeah, within. so many. But like for me, uh, my favorite stuff is gory. Um, I love blood and guts and yeah. ridiculous, over the top. Um, but then I also love classics like um, The Exorcist. Um, anything that is weird and different. Um, the Terrifier, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it, it has a killer clown in it, and it is really, really messed up. I don't know if I can curse during this interview, but I, I do have a filthy mouth. It is all at your own discretion. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I don't know if you caught that on when you were listening to I'm I'm like that, too. Ben already knows I'm that type of person. So. Okay, good. <laughs> you know that it's, he's, he's in for a ride, then. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um that's a really good pod. Um Scott knows a lot about horror, so that's yeah. a good listen. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to that one. And um I don't know, have you do you watch like E, e at all the channel? Not in a long time, not usually. Cuz they just recently did an episode of uh one of their documentary series where they talked about horror films in Hollywood. Ooh. And like and I feel like you should definitely check it out because I would definitely love to hear like your thoughts and opinion on it on maybe like an episode something about the idea of like cursed horror movies. Oh, that's a good idea actually. I like but, that. Yeah, because I know they talked about The Exorcist and how like there were fears that um, the I can't remember the name of the actress now, but the little girl like they were scared that she was going to become possessed. Yeah, and, like, Linda Blair. Yeah, because all this weird stuff kept happening. Yeah, and then they talked about like Amityville Horror, like the mm-hmm. the modern version, the one with Ryan Reynolds. How like that one was haunted because they found a dead body on film oh, set. Yeah, I remember that. All That's that stuff, part, like the poltergeist with all the deaths surrounding it. That'd be something definitely interesting. To, Thank like, you a- for that idea. I will be stealing it now. Yes, yes. How <laughs> <laughs> would if you need a guest, just let me know. Oh well. But, uh, I might take you up on that. Yeah, because I, I love pop culture. I love, like, anything pop culture related, like, especially those conspiracy theories, like the cursed movies. I'm hooked. I'm always talking about pop culture. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but going uh, back to, like, geek and sassy, like, into the process of it, because you said, like, with the horror, like, it is very much so, like, you have a full license to take on however, like, like whatever you want to do with it in terms of the creation of it. Mm-hmm. You said with Keegan Sassy, there's more of a process to it. Um, how, and you said there's reading research, like how long do you like research and read and prepare to record? It really is sort of never ending. Um, like unless we have something specific um, that we're going to like read like a comic book or um, like a TV show we're going to review in particular, um, then it's pretty much never ending. So just whatever I'm consuming, um, in the way of like TV, movies, music, podcasts, I just kind of have to keep like, um, like 
I used to keep a lot of notes about it, but I've gotten to the point where um, I have to be able to summarize it and give my thoughts on it and review it in a somewhat concise way and try to either convince someone to watch it or not watch it. We do try to stay more positive than we do negative. Like, it would be really easy to go, like, this show fucking sucks, don't ever watch it. Like, we very rarely do that. We try to keep it to things that we love because, I mean, you don't want to listen to a podcast and somebody bitching about, you know, some random TV show that you're never going to watch. So, you know, listening to somebody gush about something they really enjoyed and they really liked, is I feel like it's a lot more pleasant. So... Um, but like in particular, we would do the last like two shows ago, we did a CW, um, preview show. So all the CW shows in particular, the superhero ones that we love, um, this, we've done this for three years where we go through and, um, just recap what happened the last season preview, what's going to happen in the upcoming season, storylines, um, actors, anything so that was that was pretty um that was pretty intensive as far as research wise you had to watch all the trailers for everything and uh remember everything that happened last season enough to talk about it um so yeah geek and sassy is definitely more um more prep work but something like talking pop is um very the opposite of that because Tim and I uh, have a very different energy than Miranda and I do because we were like, I, I don't know what we are, but Tim is a person that is just, he gets me. He, yeah. he gets me and like, he's, he, he will follow me wherever I want to go and I will follow him wherever. So it's just, we both are just like, extremely supportive of each other so I think that in a lot of the early episodes of Talk and Pop which we didn't really know what we wanted it to be and then it ended up where people would come on the show and then just spill their guts like we yeah. would do like interview style ask them different things and then people would just end up telling us stuff that we did not expect and it was yeah. delightful and people loved it so we just sort of hit on that little formula, and it's it's quite unique. Yeah, I really love that talk show format that you kind of do, where like you bring in the guests, and you kind of just like, oh yeah, these are what we're talking about, da, da, and kind of like like you're giving like insight on the information that you, like the topic that you're talking about, but then also like there's that layer of personal, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's actually, yeah. Like all the opinions and thoughts, and then like all the ranting that falls in between. <laughs> yes. All right. So but much yeah. ranting. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's just the best thing. It is. Because it's the, that's the funny stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the funniest bits fall within the rants. And, um, is so, and you said the horror ones, your personal favorite out of all of them. Well, kind of like both, or is it kind of like that situation where like, I don't have a favorite kid. I don't <laughs> It's so, I know that sounds like a cop-out, but they're all, like, I really love how they're all so different. And then with, um, so, like, with the new feed, I, one of the reasons that I started it was because my first love of 
um, podcasts in general came from one called No Sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just where they tell you stories and it's set to music and it's scary stories. And I've loved that show for years now. And I've always wanted to do something like that. So yeah. I wanted to, because now I know how to edit. I'm getting more advanced on, on on what I can do when it comes to that. I edit other shows now, not my own. And so I have a lot of experience now. And I just wanted, and I'm interesting, interested in voice acting and things like that. So telling stories is what I created um, to try to like feed that outlet. Um, and the first two episodes I've done of that, I've really loved. Um, so putting that together and building it is different than even the other shows because you have to have a story to read and you have to have music to go underneath it and you have to build it all correctly. So, um, the first two episodes I've done of that was challenging and really awesome. Like I, I love those episodes, but it, that might be a little bit of a recency bias though, just because those just came out, but but Geek and Sassy, I think, is probably going to have to be my favorite just because of how long we've been doing it. And I think we've evolved quite a bit on that show. Yeah. And how long do you film when you're doing each show? Because like, I know, obviously, the one with the horror is like the length varies by the movie mm-hmm. and, such, and topic and such. But like, how long are you usually recording? Like, and then how much of that usually ends up the what ends up going out i don't I don't usually cut many things like I very rarely cut stuff out, so um like a geek and like in the back, in the old days before we like could rein ourselves in, it was nothing for geek and sassy to go three three and a half four hours like I think we did four hours on Gilmore girls um <laughs> when they did the reboot on Netflix yeah. so uh, we, Miranda can talk, let me tell you. If I did not even attempt to rein her in, she would still be talking to me right now, like, about something from three weeks ago. Like, it, the girl can talk, so, um, Geek and Sassy is typically longer than the rest of them. Um, we don't, you know, Freak Out Drive-In is usually, I'd say, 90 minutes to an hour or so, or to two hours. Um, typically talk and pop can run long too but it doesn't have to it's i think it's a decent length usually but you usually try to confine everything within like a two hour or less time i feel like two hours is a good spot yeah um especially when you're doing like a movie yeah Yeah. definitely and do you like and you said like you don't edit much so there's like usually not much that's left on the like on the on the table basically at the end everything's get sent out together it's just more so like refining it yeah just sometimes i'll um like if we have any sort of technical difficulties i can um kind of work that around or um but as far as like editing content like unless somebody just says something really fucked up which hasn't ever only had one or two people ever request that i remove a comment you know or something like that but for the most part, it's all in the moment. Mm-hmm. What we really say. <laughs> yeah, and so there's not necessarily a how do I how would you like? There's not necessarily like oh 
take two kind of thing. Oh no, Mm-mm. a one take, like one and done kind of take. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, unless I mean, I've screwed up my intro like maybe one time, and yeah. had to go. Oh no, we can't do that. Like maybe one time I've done that, but it's it's not really. And and it's so funny because once you do it so often, it's you just get into that space where it's a performance really because you have to keep it going and you have to fill the space (laughs) with something and so you just learn how to how to react off the other person and and it's it's like a dance really um so you you if you find you know if you get a good guest or if you have a a good co-host um there's really no need to you know, do a bunch of takes. Yeah. And so, like, so it's always just, like, a one version. Like, you don't do, like, a second version or, like, do you do any continuations, I guess? That could be probably the better phrasing of it. Like, like how people, some shows, they'll do, like, part one, part two. You kind of try to fill it all into one then if you do it all at once kind of thing. Yeah, mostly all at once. Yeah. And um, is there, like... Have you gotten any pushback in that sense from like your uh from the company at all and basically be like, hey, we would prefer if you did this or anything like that, or are they pretty be or are they pretty much like go with the flow kind of ordeal? Oh, place to be nation. When when I was on the pop feed, it, anything goes. Like they're they're very you know open creatively. Uh, there's a lot of different voices on that feed, and I never heard of any instance where anybody was like reprimanded or any sort of like content issues like it in fact it was like more of that you know do more of that (laughs) and uh i believe you might have briefly mentioned it earlier in the beginning but like how how was it that you how did you get started with the place to be nation that was through um Real life friends of ours, uh, of mine and Miranda's, the comics guys. So I was listening to their shows. Um, one is called The Hard Traveling Fanboys, and then the other one is not uh, a show anymore, but Russell Sellers had a show. And I would listen to them, I was friends with them, I would respond to their shows and give them feedback and stuff. And basically, once we came to them with our idea, they were like, yeah, like, we'll talk to, um, you know, the people that started it and let them know that y'all want to do this. And that was basically just automatic. Like, yeah, sure. You know, Um, we we recorded what we called a pilot. And I doubt anybody ever, like, listened to it. Really, it was just like, put these girls on because... I felt like they needed the female voices too. Yeah. And, uh, which I want to definitely like lead, uh, into that with like kind of the landscape of podcasting, Mm -hmm. really like what your thoughts are on the industry. And, um, and since you've like talked about it, like as well in the beginning, like the, like the representation that is within podcasting with women, you know, the like LGBT, like marginalized groups, LGBT people Mm -hmm. of color, like, what are your thoughts on the industry as a whole and then its representation that it has within the industry? Now, it's, it's so funny because 
I feel like anybody and their brother can start a podcast. And it's true. I mean, it doesn't take anything except a laptop and a mic and a like a Podbean subscription. I mean, it's 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 so accessible that everybody thinks that they can do it. Yeah. Now, I don't think that everybody can do it. I'm not saying that to like brag or anything. I just think that you have to have a feel for how your own voice and your own experience and you have to have a point. Yeah. And a some sort of structure in mind, I think. But you do have to be open and creative enough to find your avenue to even invent your avenue if it doesn't exist yet. So I, I think that a lot of people are, are really good at finding that little place that has exactly what they need and want. Like, I found that. And I, I, I don't have a Patreon, right? Like, a lot of people try to do this to make money. I've yeah. never once ever thought about me. Well, I mean, I thought about it obviously, but cause I spend so much time doing it, but I, I can't imagine earning a living from podcasting, but some people do. I find that quite amazing. Yeah. Um, but then that you open to up to things like advertisements, um, Patreon subscriptions, which is not a bad thing. I, I mean, I'd subscribe to podcasts that way. Um, for extra content on things that I really, really, really want to hear. Um, but I feel like eventually that's going to kind of dry up, right? So there's, everybody knows like you, you're going to hear some ad read for some product and some people try to make it unique and colorful and it works sometimes, but, um, a lot of people are put off by it. Um, yeah, and no. would you so would you say that like the industry? It's um, it's kind of like the idea of like you don't do it for the money; you do it for the passion of it. That's, basically, yeah. I, like I think for longevity's sake, it, yeah. It you. I mean, people get burned down on it, and I get it. Um, but if if you can just find your little spot and 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 just grow it, like just make it. Like it's so funny to. To, to just make something like this because you just put it out into the world and you're just like, here's this. And yeah. sometimes you get some responses from it. Sometimes you don't get any responses from it. it, yeah. it you, you never know how people are going to receive it, if they're going to hate it or love it. Um, but it's very um, like you feel very naked sort of sometimes if you're, putting all of your thoughts and your emotions and having this conversation with this person or whatever you're doing. And, or even if you're just joking around, like it's a, it's a huge part of your personality, or at least that's how I have been able to channel my personality into it. Because I think I've really grown as a person, um, doing this. And I hope that those, even if you're making money or if you're not making money, I hope that that's how everyone feels about it when they're doing it, regardless of what your listeners are, your downloads, what your social media is or whatever, whatever. Like you can be really, really polished and not ever really say anything. 
So, so then what are what are your thoughts then of like celebrities who are kind of taken into this world of podcasting? Like, um, who is it? I think it's Jenny McCarthy. I think that has the podcast. She has a podcast. Uh, I know Anna Ferris has one. Show. And then, like, I think she's, like, doing, like, a podcast as well along with the show. Like, a lot of radio shows are now, like, putting their shows into podcast form so people can listen to it as well. Like, I know, like, one of my favorite podcasters is now, like, officially a podcaster because most of this stuff is driven primarily through podcasting. Like, what are your thoughts through, like, people, like, celebrities who are actors, singers, or they were radio personalities who are now transitioning to podcasting? I think they're smart because... um that's just pretty much how it's going to have to go. You have to just go with the evolving, you know, technology and how people are consuming things. Um, Like somebody like Conan O'Brien, I love his show because it's, it's, it's him. Like he, he is real on that show. And I mean, he's goofy and Conan or whatever, but it has a real authenticity um, and that all comes from the premise of his show, which is he wants to find friends. And you believe it. Like, I believe that he wants to sit down and have these conversations with these celebrities and be their friend. Like, on a real, like, day-to-day kind of level. Um, so, I like, stuff like that. I mean, I think you have, like, you, you just have to find your hook. You have to find your thing. You can't just be like, I'm a celebrity. I'm going to just ramble about this whatever, whatever. Um, and, and expect that to work. Um, do you think celebrities are going to change the industry? And then if so, like negatively, positively, I think there's still so many amateurs Mm -hmm. that I, I don't really see it changing that much as far as celebrity goes. Like, I I, I don't know. That's a good question, but yeah, because that's, that we've definitely talked about in the podcasting class very made very much so like taken to this idea of like um before like a lot of podcasters were just like like amateurs basically like wanting to learn and like wanting to share their story share their thoughts and mm-hmm. kind of basically build themselves up into being a professional mm-hmm. and you see journalists taking into it as well as a way to help cr- share their stories mm-hmm. but then now like what celebrities is like the common thing is like is this gonna like negatively impact the industry because now it's going to become harder for amateurs like like newcomers to really jump into this space because of the fact that there's it's now a known name and like it's not it's more competitive and then on top of that like there's just the money factor which is what you were talking about earlier it's like it's now having to come into play more because there's people of value wanting to come in and then money's going to follow them you know yeah um yeah but I say this not knowing any celebrities, but I feel like it's just a gimmick, right? It's it's just another way to put their name out there, another way to make some money, um, probably an easier way because you don't have to put pants on or put makeup on or do anything that requires any maintenance, really. So I think that it looks, on the outside, it looks like a fast and, and easy way to get your name out there and make money without really ever being into it. Like Anna Ferris, I know is super into what she does. Yeah. Uh, but also <laughs> just being a celebrity, one, one fuck up and it's all gone. Right. Like 
right now with with <laughs> with the way culture is it's like you say one wrong thing or one bad joke or your mic's on when you thought it was off and somebody catches something so it's very like delicate for them too there's some risk involved in it you know when people like me i can say whatever the fuck i want for the most part cuz no i mean you know nobody's being nobody's paying to hear me talk you know I, i'm not so it's it's freeing i think in in a way for amateurs and it's kind of limiting yeah for celebrities yeah which is why like i personally like i've always seen like a celebrity doing podcasts it's kind of like a celebrity doing reality tv it's kind of like exactly you're like kind of removing the rose-colored glasses you kind of mm-hmm. this new side of you that could potentially enhance you or it could be the end of everything yes yeah and do you think like and you said you don't believe that that's gonna in the end have an impact as of like any time immediately in the future with the industry Unless you have somebody like another, like Mark Marin, who is tremendous, not really celebrity though, but yeah. an actor who has tremendous podcasts. And I think that's more him now than acting is. Although yeah. I do enjoy him very much as an actor. I feel like he's more of a podcaster. So like, and I don't think it'll ever like with some of them, if they, if they just find that they love it. And they can make money from it. And they can be home with their kids or whatever they want to do. Like, you know, it, it. I think it would probably take somebody real special to to, to dent anything right now. I mean, I, I can't really yeah. think of anybody that would be, like, life-changing as far as podcasting goes. Like, say, like, a major politician or, like, uh, Oscar-winning actor jumps in like they have Mara Streep started a podcast hmm <laughs> see like uh, I feel I, this might just be me but I feel like a lot of those like a Meryl Streep right yeah. she ain't she don't want people in her business she yeah she's not gonna sit up there and talk about years of being in in Hollywood yeah. because they need that layer of separation they need that mystery yeah they don't they don't want like when you're talking your Tom Cruises or whatever but if you've I think maybe somebody younger um I definitely see like podcasting being similar to like how we now see with YouTube like you have so many big people who mm -hmm. are like Ellen Mm -hmm. or um Naomi Campbell is now on YouTube you know like Mm -hmm. she's gonna jump into like you never know like if they're gonna jump into podcasting next because they have a certain skill or certain like element that makes not only obviously because of being like known universally but like there's a story there you know what i mean yes there has to be a hook a thing that makes people listen not just because you're famous a known name yeah yep and with the future with where you see podcasting now and in the future like what would you like say like what would something you would tell a young person who's getting ready who like wants to go into the field then like as like someone like myself who's getting ready to graduate here or a kid who's uh straight out of high school and working and in school kind of like oh I want to try this like what would you uh give to them in terms of advice or tips or a start, like anything to help them just overall navigate the industry I would 
I think number one, know what you want to say, but also you have to be open to evolving what you want to say. You can't keep saying the same thing over and over again, but there has to be some sort of, I feel like you have to be passionate about something to be able to put work into it and do as, as much as you can, because at some point you you let it go and it's not, it's not up to you anymore, but know what you want to say, know who you're talking to, know who your audience is and learn how to do that, the grunt work, you know, get in there and edit your own stuff, learn how to do it, teach yourself how to do it, have somebody teach you how to do it. But when you, when you put your own shows together, it's, it's a lot different feeling than, um, if you just, you know, send it out, have a buddy do it or whatever, whatever. I think that learning, learning the actual technical side of it really does help quite a bit. It really did help me. Um, or maybe you start on the technical side and then build your idea from there. Because <clears throat> sometimes people just want to say things. They don't know what they want to say, but they want to work on something and build something and talk about something, reach out to people, much like me. <laughs> that was the reason I did it. So I could have someone to talk to um, and meet other people like me. So you have to be able to be vulnerable too, um, and, and be real yeah, in whatever form that takes. And was there, so like, that's something like you would definitely say to someone, like, say if you went back to a few years ago, like that, like those were all the information, like you felt like you needed to get into <laughs> and be successful in this field. It's really the idea of like, be your own, like take initiative, I yeah. guess. Yeah, definitely. I wish I had done it like a lot sooner. Um, cause I think for two years I didn't do anything technical, um, mm-hmm. until I just decided that I needed to do it and just taught myself how to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, um, and I feel like that's make or break too. Like if you, like if you're just fucking around, uh, with your buddy or whatever and, and you're not doing any of the work, then you it's 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 just whatever you're not going to prioritize it and um like think about it as much as you would if you had to put something together if you had to sit there for an hour and make sure the levels are okay and um cut out anything that needs to be cut out and add some music to it and you know put an intro on there and even though it sounds simple and it it eventually does become simple but it's the whole pro for me it's the whole process of building the show like yeah. none of this made any sense until i put it together and made it something like this mm-hmm. and that's the part i love about editing yeah and i mean that's basically all that i have here like any like is there anything else that you want to add into what we've already talked about in terms of your show or the industry at all that you feel like we didn't get a chance to cover at all? Hmm. Well, I would say that I think that there's a lot of advantages to um, joining in with 
already established mm-hmm. podcast networks like I did with Place Me Nation. I got very, very lucky with them because everybody there is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I I got to meet a lot of people who feel the same way that I do, in particular yeah. about podcasting, but then also about wrestling, pop culture, whatever you want to talk about. And um, it they became like really awesome, great, true friends. Like we all meet each other in person if we can, and we are all across the country. So it's being involved in, in a network like that is very beneficial if you have the chance to do that. The only thing is when your ideas, like for me, when my ideas grew to be too much, like it was like, there's too much Jenny on here. Like there's a bunch of shows on this feed. It's hard to schedule them all. Everybody needs, everybody wants their shine, right? Everybody wants their, their shows to get a chance to be listened to. Um, and not just be, you know, passed by when you're scrolling, And trying to figure out what to listen to. Um, So that's pretty much. Because I didn't want to limit myself. And I I did have a lot of ideas. And I I did want to make something of my own. Um, So it was just that drive that that made me branch out. And uh, well, it was very difficult. Because I felt like people were going to hate me (laughs) if I left like what if everybody thinks that I suck and like um because it was a family I mean we're a family so um it it was hard but I think worth it so far because I I don't have to um check with anybody I don't have to do anything except exactly what I want to do and that's hard to come by sometimes in life (laughs) being able to say and do exactly what you want when you want to do it it's sort of novel to me so it it is something that's become more rare yes more public like as people become more and more publicized yes i don't know i i i would say that my other advice is to don't listen to the haters if people hate on your shit just don't worry about it like i mean it's not worth it just mm-hmm. i mean if somebody has a real issue with you talk it out but if you get like oh the that chick's voice is annoying or you know there's you know, just you would not believe some of the comments like just the most nitpicky stuff but just brush that off yeah. You can't deal with, you can't please everybody, so. Take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, thank you so much for everything. Thank every- you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to talk and everything. I know there is, like, the time difference was kind of getting late over there for you. Oh, this is when I usually just get started. The kid's in bed, so, you know, oh, there you I go. just podcast all night.